Come, Holy Spirit, come, fill us with the love of God, teach us the word of God, and transform our hearts to know the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, how are the saints doing today? Happy All Saints Day. Kenneth Bailey, who is a researcher and a scholar, spent 40 years in the Middle East studying village culture all over the places that we hear about in the Bible. And he says that sin for Jesus is not primarily a broken law, but a broken relationship. Let me repeat that. Sin is not primarily a broken law, but a broken relationship. And in today's gospel, we see this revealed dramatically because Jesus, just as a gift, gives the offer of a relationship to that Zacchaeus who is hated and who is found to be a traitor in his community. And Jesus just walks right up to him and offers him this relationship simply as a gift. And that's how God offers all of us a relationship, by the way. Well, last week we had another tax collector, didn't we? Luke loves pitting the Pharisees against the tax collectors, the righteous versus the unrighteous, because it reveals the goodness and the love and the mercy of God, and that's why he uses them so often. Last week we had a tax collector that was praying in the temple along with a Pharisee. We remember the Pharisee just talked about how great he was, and the tax collector beat his breast and simply said, God, make atonement for me, a sinner. And he says atonement and not just the general word for mercy. Jesus says that person, that tax collector that is hated and despised in his community is going home justified. And guess what? Not the righteous Pharisee. This week, we have again a tax collector, except Zacchaeus is in fact a tax commissioner. He has people working under him. So he's fabulously wealthy because people like that would subscribe with the Roman authorities to take up the taxes for the year. They could take as much as they wanted on top of what they owed the Romans. So they got fabulously wealthy. And Zacchaeus was one of these chief tax collectors. He was hated and despised, and he was also a short man. Zacchaeus, the wee little man, as we know. But even though Zacchaeus was wealthy, he was not a happy person. He had chosen a course of life, basically following greed, that put him in a very lonely place. He was an outcast. He had made lots of money, but he had no relationships virtually in his own community. And as I said, he was certainly hated. But when he heard that Jesus was coming through Jericho, which was one of the best places in all of Palestine to be a tax collector because of all of the commerce going in and through there to Jerusalem, he decided to take a chance on trying to see Jesus. He had heard that Jesus, in fact, the wonder worker 
actually loved sinners and welcomed them and even would eat with them and converse with them. This was the rumor going around in the community. So Zacchaeus did two things that you never will see a Middle Eastern person do. He ran ahead of the crowd to get to the sycamore tree. Now, in the Middle East, a dignified person, an adult, is never caught running. It's just not done. But guess what? Who else ran in Luke's gospel? The father of the prodigal son ran as he saw his son coming back home. Outrageous, shameful behavior because of a passionate desire for the love of the son. And Zacchaeus didn't care. He was already hated. He wanted to see this Jesus. So the first thing he did, which was outrageous, is he ran. The second is he climbed a tree. No one climbs a tree in the Middle East. It's just not done. He was hiding in the sycamore tree on the edge of town. And as Jesus moved through the community, the community was thinking to themselves, oh, we are disappointed. We thought Jesus was going to stop in town. But at the very edge of the town, he stopped and he did something that gave that gift to Zacchaeus and said, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm staying at your place here tonight. Jesus invited himself to spend the night, to be with Zacchaeus. He extended that gift of a relationship, which is called righteousness, being set right in a relationship with God. He just gave that to Zacchaeus as a gift. The community, according to Kenneth Bailey, is again scandalized and outraged because if Jesus were to stay in that community, it would be the most upstanding citizens, uh, the pillars of the community, that would bring Jesus in. And here Jesus circumvents the whole pecking order and he invites himself to the most hated, traitor, outcast, collaborator in the whole community of Jerusalem and just simply gives Zacchaeus the offer of a relationship with God. Zacchaeus joyfully accepts this relationship, and Jesus, with his outlandish love, totally transforms the heart of Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus knows what he has to do. For years, he's been milking money out of that community, adding his own profits onto the taxes that he owed Rome. And so he says, I'm going to give back all the money. And if I come up with anybody else who I've taken from illegitimately, I will restore it fourfold. That surpasses the amount that is supposed to be restored under the Mosaic Law in a very lavish and generous way. And so the gift that was given to Zacchaeus had a response in him. And that response was also lavish and generous in return. And this is the model for saints. This understanding that God gives us a gift of relationship and that it is love and grace and mercy. And then our response is to receive it and to live it and to allow that to flow through us back to God and then to others. And so this pattern of gift and response 
is the pattern of the Christian life. Last week, we talked about how that we have nothing to commend ourselves with God in order to relate to God, but God gives us his own relationship to us as a gift. We have this gift of righteousness, uh, and ultimately this gift of righteousness is given in the final sacrifice and offering of Jesus himself. That offering that was made to his father in love and faithfulness and obedience as his own son on our behalf. We get the benefit of that because in that offering is the cleansing and the forgiveness of sins. In that offering is the creation of a new covenant which we are invited into to live with God and relate with God in grace and love and mercy all the rest of our days. And so our response to that great gift of God's love and grace and mercy is living out this relationship with God. And it's best uh, captured in the first letter of John. Listen to this. This is gift and grace and then response and faithfulness. God's love was revealed among us this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. God's gift and love and mercy precedes our response. And it needs to be maintained in that order. So what does this response look like? The response of someone who has received the gift of grace, the gift of a relationship with God, entering into the new covenant of God's love and grace and mercy is to be a thankful person. It is to understand that we've received the greatest gift ever given in the person of Jesus our Lord. So thanksgiving characterizes those who have received the gift. We're here at a thanksgiving service. We make a, a big point of telling every First Communion class, they're second graders, and they don't leave the class until they know what the word thanksgiving, uh, what the word Eucharist actually means. They know that it means thanksgiving. So we're at a holy thanksgiving re, a worship service. The response is also characterized by humility because we understand that we didn't generate the, res the uh, relationship. God, in fact, has ordered and generated the relationship, just like Jesus stopped to Zacchaeus and just offered him the relationship. The response is love and faithfulness and loyalty to God. As we enter into the new covenant, and we become members of the body of Christ, and we are fed with his very risen life, we too begin to take on the characteristics of Christ himself. But even that is a gift of grace because we are receiving his word and sacraments every single Sunday simply by God's love and grace and mercy. 
And of course, it's characterized by good works. We should be coming godly people. We should be about good things for others and for those in our community. And since we have received mercy, we are called to be merciful. Since we've received forgiveness, we're called to be forgiving. That's the basis of how we treat others. And so the response to God's great gift is important. It is a part of our entire sort of plan of salvation that God has for us. Paul would remind us that what is important is faith working itself out in love. James would say it in another way. James would say that faith without works is dead and that works are actually a part of our justification. They're both a part of the same thing. So I want to finish this day, this All Saints Day, with a definition of what a saint is. There's many definitions of what a saint is. Uh, You all actually are saints yourselves, whether you knew it or not, because guess what? If you've been baptized, you've been sanctified, and you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You've been cleansed because you have come into communion with Christ who offered himself. And so you all are saints, just good old saints. But here's another definition of a saint that uh, encapsulates what we've seen in our gospel today. A saint is one who accepts the gift of relationship with God. And then, secondarily, a saint is someone who lives and walks with God faithfully and loyally all the days of their life. And third, and this is important, a saint is someone who never forgets that gift and grace always precedes the response. And that's very important because, as I said last week, those People who pursue this relationship with God, who enter into it, who become serious about it, who actually show up at the Holy Great Thanksgiving on All Saints Sunday, as we make progress, we can forget that it's God's grace and mercy that comes first, and then we respond to it. We begin to think that we're doing it by ourselves, and the truth is, we're not. Gift and grace always precedes any response that we have. If we keep it in that order, we ourselves will truly become saints. Amen.